next on 2NURFM, Thursday Finance with Brett Hall, and we do it for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners. Today, we're going to look at what happens when your financial situation becomes too difficult to manage and getting words of wisdom from Brad Morelli, who's an insolvency and turnaround specialist from Josh Sutherland. We'll also have our market snapshot with Henry Jennings, and we'll see what's happening on currencies and commodities. Brett Hall, yeah, Stephen Pritchard away today, so it's great to have you along. Mm-hmm. And uh, the stock market's been doing some um, downward movement this week. It Is has. it going to be all right Tuesday next week? It's an interesting day. Yeah. Um, yeah, next week, well, time will tell. We're not sure. It'd be, <laughs> be, be good to know what, what it'll be, be out next week. But um, it has recovered a little bit. And, uh, but, yeah, it's been, been an interesting quarter, actually. So is that uh, indicating anything in particular about um, our general economic situation at the moment? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the quantity prices have obviously come back. And, um, yeah, I think the, uh, the, the national economy is, is definitely an interesting time. And I think we've probably got a few years of, of probably interesting time, to be honest. Uh, a few years of interesting times. Okay. <laughs> so we really can say we live in interesting times at this That's stage, true. at least financially. Yes. So how have commodities been faring? Yeah, so... Um, so actually, gold, silver, and copper—they're um, all down about one and a half percent this week. So gold's at uh, one thousand five hundred ninety-one, silver at twenty, uh, copper at seven thousand one hundred thirty-nine. Then uh, nick, um, uh, nickel, and tin—they're up a little bit. Uh, so at fourteen thousand and eighty-nine and twenty-two thousand six hundred sixty-eight. That always currencies. seems like such a lot of money. I mean, well yeah. over a thousand. Um, yep. So I guess, yeah. I, mean, I think the interesting thing to look at it week by week is you know the percentage yeah. change rather than sort of you know, I guess looking at dollar terms, you can kind of get a bit confused and carried away. So. Yes. Okay. So the downward trend is definitely not encouraging. Yeah, that's <laughs> but right. I suppose it has to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So um, currencies. So US dollars at seventy cents um, even. Um, and the pound at forty six twenty nine, um, the yuan at four dollars forty four, New Zealand dollar, um, and all these are basically flat across the week. Um, New Zealand dollars at a uh, dollar and nine cents, uh, the euro at sixty two, and the Canadian uh, dollar is at ninety three. So, so quite level. We've we've been about the same with the New Zealand dollar for quite some weeks now. Does mm. that indicate that they're having the same kinds of problems yeah, that I, we are on yep. a world scale? Yep, yep. I think the um, you know, even even with property um, prices and things in New Zealand, it's it's quite similar. So yeah, they, they experience similar. Um, I guess the, the similar problems that, that we're facing here in Australia. Mm, mm. Okay, but we've certainly gone down against the British pound. Yes, in the last few months. And um, I think we probably might see that some more in, as well. What, even further? Mm. Okay, so yes, travellers. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, interesting, as we talked about, interesting times in the in the market. Um, so the indices, so the ordinaries um, you know, ended up, you know, we had a bit of a movement in the week, but ended up um, just a small upward movement from the same time last week. So still back above 5,000, so 5,058. Isn't um, that a bit of a surprise after that huge drop on Yes, on, on, on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yep, so it has recovered. I mean, and, and it's been an interesting quarter. So um, across the board, it's the, the, the worst quarter in something like four years. Um, you know, some of the sectors in the market were and it's about 8% down um, for the quarter and some of the um, sectors of the market were down by, by greater than that, such as energy. So it, um, yeah, it, it um, a bit of a 
bit of a surprise, I guess, for this week, the fact that we kind of ended up level considering what, what had happened earlier. Because mm. yeah. the energy, our, our region is so much dependent on That's right. energy exports. Yep. Mm. And I think, um, you know, I guess our, our little region, or probably not that little, but our, our region probably is affected more by that than, than others. So, mm. yeah. So we're still exporting lots of coal, aren't we? Yes, we are. Mm. <laughs> Somebody's using it. Yes. Um, all right, we move on to the, yep. So, um, so the ores we covered. So the um, in the US, um, again. So the the Dow was at sixteen thousand two hundred eighty four. Um, the Nasdaq's at four thousand six hundred twenty, which is down two point seven percent from last week. Um, in the UK, it's at six thousand and sixty one. Uh, the Nikkei is seventeen thousand three hundred eighty eight, and Hang Seng in Hong Kong is twenty thousand eight hundred forty six, which is down two percent. Mm, okay, so, so the indices generally are around the world are doing the same kind same. of thing as mm-hmm. ours. Okay. That's right. Yeah, as much of so. a drop as ours. Um, yeah, so the, I mean, in in China, they've, um, the the market is it's um, it's cooling off in in China, and and um, you know even they're they're using less coal, and that's obviously been affecting us here as well. Um, so yeah, there's some concerns in China about the. The, the I guess the downturn or a bit of a, a cooling off, um, which has been around for some time, obviously, which we all have, mm. have heard about. So mm, we mm. have indeed. So that's indices, and we're up yep. to oil now. Oil, yep, oil, oil and, and the petrol prices. Yes. Yep, yep. So, um, so yeah. So Brent crude is um, so both up a little bit um, this week um, at sixty nine fourteen, mm. and then yeah. So then local local fuel prices. Um, so on the central coast. Um, the unleaded petrols at a dollar thirty-three, so up one point three percent on last week. In Newcastle, unleaded a dollar twenty-seven, and in Sydney, a dollar thirty-two. So a bit more expensive in Sydney, and up significantly from last week in Sydney. Interestingly, it's nice for us to see some, I say consistently low prices, <laughs> but it is nice to see that around at the petrol stations. Uh, and then diesel on the central coast, a dollar thirty. Newcastle also a dollar thirty. And in Sydney, a dollar twenty-four. So diesel much cheaper in Sydney than mm. as mm. comparative to the unleaded. To NURFM Thursday Finance for our sponsor Pritchard and Partners, and it's time for our market snapshot with Henry Jennings, who's senior commentator with Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. Yeah, so Henry, it's been an interesting week um, on the market. It certainly has, Brett. It certainly has. So, yeah. um, as the Chinese say, may you live in interesting times. We've had. A uh, shocker on Tuesday where the market dropped around 200 points mm-hmm. in what looked like a complete and utter panic. Um, and subsequent to that, we're pretty much up to where we started from. Mm-hmm. So, and, um, yeah. and Glencore um, was an interesting, I mean, it had a pretty big impact in in that. Yeah, Glencore's, a, um, for those listeners that don't know, is a, is a major um, commodity trading house. Uh, there was a report out in London from one analyst which kind of shocked the market. And I guess it was one of those moments when everyone said the emperor has no clothes. Um, (laughs) And uh, it suggested that if current commodity prices stayed where they are, that Glencore basically uh, wouldn't exist because its its debt would overshadow any uh, kind of equity that the company had. Um, This this absolutely shocked the market completely. And the stock, which recently did a $2.5 billion placement to, uh, to raise capital at, a, at £1.20 fell um, to around sort of 65, 70 pence in the UK, which was 
quite extraordinary and massive, massive falls. Mm. Um, the company did come out on the, on the front foot and suggest that um, they were talking bunkum and mm-hmm. uh, that everything was okay and they had no problems and debt levels were fine and their um, their banks and uh, debt backers were very supportive. So um, the stock has subsequently bounced quite a long way back. It's still a little bit off that level, around mm-hmm. about a pound. Mm-hmm. But um, it has bounced some way back. But this just sent a shudder through the resource sector on Tuesday. Mm. And as a result, we saw that 200-point fall. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, so, um, so the um, chief executive, at David Jones, um, <laughs> Has has resigned um, due yeah. to health. I think it was health concerns. And yeah. but um, uh, David Jones' performance since the the uh, since Woolworths took over has been quite interesting. Well, it has. I mean, certainly there's no other board like David Jones. They seem to have gone through a few CEOs recently, and mm-hmm. and this guy uh, um, Ian Nan is the is the latest uh, casualty there. Mm. Um, David Jones has been taken private by a South African company called Woolworths, which is no relation to our Woolworths here. Oh, that's right. Um, so they're doing some, some good work behind closed doors, and there's undoubtedly been um, a good performance and good pickup yep. in David Jones. They've joined Country Road to it as well mm. um, and taken over that in its entirety and, and added that to the store. So certainly uh, David Jones is doing far better than uh, the Meyer at the moment, and uh, does mm-hmm. seem to be on the right track, but whether this latest move uh, will derail it, I guess, <laughs> remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah. I think we probably should just add that the reason why we probably sniggered a little bit when he uh, about the resignation was because there's some speculation that it wasn't for health, that there was some other investigation going on that made him concerned or something, possibly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, mm. it's, where there's smoke, there's fire, let's, let's, hope it, um, let's hope it wasn't anything too sinister or, or yeah. too nasty in terms of... Um, in terms of a health outcome, but mm, uh, that's true. But yeah, it's uh, he's only been there for fourteen months, so it's uh, somewhat mysterious circumstances to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, now it also appears the uh, so the the banks cleaning down on lending to uh, property investors uh, is having having a bit of an effect. Um, yeah, it is. We saw yesterday the uh, the apartments approvals market had dropped by eleven, I think eleven point four percent, which is a big drop. These are quite volatile numbers, but certainly the moves by uh, APRA and the RBA to to um, to curtail lending to the um, investor market seems to be uh, happening at the moment. Mm-hmm. I guess the RBA has to be pretty careful um, that they don't sort of kill the goose that laid the golden egg, yep. and that they don't uh, smash it too hard. Mm. But um, you know that has been a very volatile sector, the apartments market, and of course very popular in Sydney and Melbourne with uh, with overseas investors buying into that market because they are only allowed to buy uh, new apartments. So of course um, it becomes a bit tricky when they want to sell because they're, they're no longer new. Yeah. So um, the only buyers are, are local buyers, which may or may not want to pay quite the same premium that um, some of the overseas people have been paying. Mm-hmm. And uh, some economists have, have said that it's cheaper to uh, buy still in Sydney and Melbourne than rent. So the rent, well, the rent, weekly rent prices are quite. A yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess, you know, with, with uh, interest rates as low as they are, that's certainly the case. I mean, the problem yeah. comes in terms of uh, saving for your deposit, uh, which mm. is, you know, as the banks. Uh, change the uh, the loan to valuation ratio and require you to put down more money as a deposit um, to ensure they have a, a safety buffer and a margin yep. um, of, of error. I guess um, yep. you know it does become still quite hard. So renting still yep. does look quite attractive on that basis. But of course, um, you know, there's many pros and cons.
that that's right. And you know, it's based on the current interest rate, which yeah, um, yeah. So and um, yeah, so China's regulatory uh, commission um, has handed out a lot of fines over the past week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they, they make um, they make uh, the um, our market regulator look like complete and utter pussycats when it comes to uh, mm. to, to fining their. Um, their, their market participants, their, their fines are absolutely enormous. In, in, mm. in some cases, you know, they're, they're, they're almost draconian in, in terms of um, not just monetary um, punitive uh, fines, but also in terms of personal yeah. um, personal so. issues. So, yeah, they, they take no prisoners, and obviously it, it has had the required effect in some respects because the Chinese market has stopped falling. Yeah. Um, the authorities seem to have put a line in the sand, I guess, at 3,000, and it has not fallen below there. Mm. So uh, it is working, but volumes are drastically reduced, and a lot of players have, uh, have disappeared, licking their wounds. Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and & Partners, and we're in the middle of our market snapshot with Brett Hall, who's chatting with Henry Jennings from Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. Yeah, so, um, so Henry, yeah, so Vodafone has signed a $1 billion deal with TPG Telecom. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of action at the moment in the telecom sector. We've mm. had uh, we've had the big merger, of course, between TPG and IINet, mm-hmm. and that's been followed up with uh, a, another big merger announcement with uh, Vocus Communications uh, slated to merge with um, M2 Group, which is the old Commander business. Mm. Um, so that there's a couple of very very large players now um, sort of forming in mm. the uh, in the telecom space to to counter uh, Optus and, uh, of course, Telstra. And then yesterday we had this news that uh, Vodafone, which has for some time has been suffering, I guess, but recently probably has got some of, some of its mojo back, um, has, uh, has done a deal with TPG as well for uh, a billion-dollar tie-up using each other's, uh, um, using each other's technology, uh, yep. selling each other's um, brands. Um, so it's good news. I mean, the market's taken this as a precursor to some more uh, more involvement between the two groups. And, of course, with uh, with Vodafone sort of resurging um, and certainly doing a lot of advertising in terms of their data packages and trying to get back on track after their disastrous period where they failed miserably mm. with uh, with service, um, it, it's certainly an interesting space at the moment. Yeah, and, and perhaps you might see uh, some cheaper prices for consumers with well, the competition. I think, oh, well, I think that's, that's the way of things. Um, you know, I, I think that probably the, the pricing is the thing that doesn't change somewhat. It's just the amount of data and the amount of add-ons you get. Mm-hmm. So uh, rather than cut each other's throats, a bit like car dealers, um, they don't want to be seen to be knocking the prices down because that upsets everybody who's just bought um, a new car at 29900 mm. um, They just give that sort of cash back. So I suspect that we will see more competition um, or a little bit more in, in terms of pricing, but probably more importantly in terms of how much data, what things are rolled into that. So whether you get free this, free that, that goes with that package, um, that seems to be the way of things rather than uh, um, creating new price points to compete on. Yeah, that's good. Um, and uh, the Qantas share price has done very well over the the past few months. Um, yeah. And uh, it only feels like it was, um, for me, probably 12 months ago that, that they were asking the government for some assistance. Yeah, it's amazing what a, a halving of the oil price does to an airline. Um, <laughs> they're, you know, they're not alone in, in, in this regard. Mm. Um, all airlines around the world have done well. Mm. Of course, the Qantas is also benefiting from uh, from a somewhat of a, of, of a tourist boom, at least incoming mm. tourism into 
certainly seeing some some pretty good numbers, which is helping Sydney airports as well. But the yeah, major right. driver, I guess, is the efficiency that Qantas is getting um, on the back of their negotiations with unions and pilots, um, the, the job cuts, and more importantly, is the uh, fall in the oil price. Yep, yep. Right. And uh, yeah, and lastly, Metcash, um, they're fighting hard to try and get some some traction back, and yeah. Yeah, they've got a new market, a new. Um, Good luck with that. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, they've got a pretty tough um, they've got a pretty tough gig at the moment. There's there's obviously there's a bit of a price war going on between Coles and Woolworths um, as Woolies try to get back on track, which looks a little bit um, a little bit off in the horizon at the moment. But yep. certainly there is a price war happening there, and of course we've got Aldi, which is increasing the number of stores. Importantly, um, for uh, for Metcash, it's increasing the number of stores. In, in places where they're very dominant in terms of WA and South Australia. Yep. So that's going to um, impact them quite considerably. So, of course, they've, raised, they've, um, they've got Shane Jacobson back out on the telly um, and a new price uh, marketing campaign about uh, checking prices and cutting prices or whatever. But I think Metcash at the moment is being squeezed quite considerably between um, the Woolies Coles battle and Aldi coming up on their tails and nipping at their heels. Yeah, that's right. And, and I guess for those people that don't know, it, uh, Metcash is the owner of uh, the IGA. IGA. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of stuck between the devil and the deep blue sea at the moment. And they are very, um, they're much stronger in western states than eastern states. Yeah. Um, and they have a very loyal following. But I guess that's going to be tested when Aldi arrive on the scene in those western states, um, offering all sorts of things on a on a Saturday from chainsaws to uh, cheap Bavarian beer um, in their catalogues, and uh, whether Metcash can actually respond to that remains to be seen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right, Henry, well, thank you very much. Always a pleasure, Brett. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. the rest of your week. You too. And we look forward to talking with you again next Thursday on Thursday Finance. Henry Jennings, it's time to think about what you might do. If you're having trouble making ends meet and you have commitments, Brett Hall, we've mm. got a special guest here today. Yep. And it's Brad Morelli from... Yes, from Jersh uh, Sutherland. Yeah. Yeah, so thanks for uh, joining us today, Brad. Thanks for having me in, Brett. Um, so, yeah, so basically, um, to start off with, I mean, what, what does somebody do uh, when they get into a final position and when, I guess, they're, I can, they can't meet their debts? Um, what, what's the first place to, to go or who to ask? What's, what's, what would one do? Well, I think, Brett, practically speaking, my biggest piece of advice to someone when they find themselves or think they might be in that position is um, do something as, as opposed to nothing because it's not, it's not uncommon for people to um, be a little bit in maybe denial or um, stick their, their head in the sand. Yep. Um, and I, I guess that's right. So if, if I guess if you can't make um, the repayments, then it's important to contact um, the bank or the building society or you know, if it's a credit card company or... You know. Talk to their advisors. Yep. I mean, if someone's a director of a company, they they, they need to understand so so and in, that incurring debts that they've got obligations, positive obligations under the Corporations Act. Yep. So I guess that's comparing. So you're an individual that's an employee. You can't pay your debts um, is one thing. But then also, if you're a, a small business owner, for an example, and you're operating through a company, and um, so you may be perhaps a small business and you can't afford to. Um, to pay the tax office, or the, so that's there's, that's what you're referring the usual to. Usual suspects, and yep. yeah, yep. That, that's that's right. So uh, let's say I'm a small business owner, right, and, and that that's happening. You know, I'm, I'm going week to week and, and having trouble um, meeting my commitments. Um, what do I? What do I do? So obviously, you know, same advice: go and go and don't don't do nothing. Go and go and yeah, speak go, to go, them. Go and talk to your professional advisor, your accountant, mm-hmm. a, a lawyer. 
and get an understanding of your situation. I mean, there are options out there. Um, someone in a company, there are, there are mechanisms that are there to save businesses. It's not all doom and gloom. And one of the problems we see as um, insolvency practitioners is people coming to us too late. So yep. we, they came earlier, there are more options um, yep. where they, again, maybe denial or, or stick their head in the sand. Yep. Um, their, their options diminish over time. Yep, yep. And things, so, sorry, but yeah, things okay. may also um, not be as bad as, as people think. Yep. Yeah, that's right. I, I think that's very good advice. You know, act on it early. If you can see that it's it's coming up, don't wait till that happens. You know, potentially um, you know, go and get some advice early because there might be uh, ways to, to mitigate, um, you know, the, the, the ultimate worst-case scenario. Yeah, um, one, one of the mechanisms the law provides, it, it's actually stated there in, in the Corporations Act that one of the... Um, purposes of that is to to save a business mm-hmm. to, to save a business yep yep yeah. okay very good um so i guess um if if who traditionally at the moment you know what what do you see um in terms of uh are the most aggressive when 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 pursuing i guess a small business uh for for a debt um is it normally their bank um is it some of their suppliers you know is there a bit of a trend that you see um as who are the sort of i guess the most aggressive and um, who we should, who small business owners should, I guess, be aware of, be aware of, yeah, yeah. and and so they don't get caught out, you know, what, yeah, yeah. Look, the the classic one, and it's it's no secret out there that they're definitely um, pursuing or increasing their debt recovery um, activity is is the ATO, and probably right rightfully so. I think there's around twenty billion dollars or so mm. thereabouts in outstanding taxes due, and that's that's money that's due to the the Australian public. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they're they're the classic. They're also um, one of the things that I see practically is someone who's running a business, they have day-to-day or weekly um, commitments. For example, they need to pay the wages or they need to pay a supplier in order to get something so they can con- continue doing business. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the ATO, there's obligations to pay pay them as well. But if, for example, you have a certain amount of money in the bank, um, a director or a business person has to make a decision, do I pay my staff um, so they keep coming back? Or do they pay? Do I pay my supplier so he provides me the the things so I can run my business? Mm-hmm. Um, or do I pay the ATO? And if if the amount of money is capped, more often than not, um, they put the ATO on the back burner um, mm-hmm. and and pay it, pay the other costs so they can keep their business going. And this ultimately can have um, issues for, for them personally, but we can get to that later. Yeah, yeah. So so what sort of action do you just sort of normally see? Um, so you know, I guess. Uh, People get phone calls um, and uh, initially, and then w- what's the traditional process that happens um, when, I guess, when uh, creditors start to take action? What what do you see happening? Is I guess the warning signs that someone really does need to do something urgently. Yep. Um, so the process maybe like the ATO would use. I mean, yep, it goes through various good. stages. It, it's like you said that there'll there'll be phone calls, and I understand that people are even receiving text messages. Mm-hmm. Um, They'll obviously send letters. They, yep. they ring their accountants, um, yep. chasing it up. And if they're not having success there, and, and this can take time, mm-hmm. um, they'll then move to um, more harder recovery actions, which is maybe th- sending out things like stat- statutory demands to companies and winding them up, or using a, a debt recovery tool, which, we've, I mean, it's always been a, a tool that the ATO has used, but in the, the last probably six to 12 months, um, they've been using it quite, quite yep. a bit. Yep. Um, is a garnishee notice. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what, what's a um, garnishee notice? Okay, so it's a, it's a debt recovery tool that um, yep. any 
any creditor can use um, mm-hmm. and is it often used by the, the ATO and we are seeing a, a big rise. So this notice is served on someone and I'll use it the classic way the ATO will often use it is they'll serve it on the company's bank. Mm-hmm. Right? It requires the bank to um, pay to the ATO whatever money is outlined in the notice um, from the company's bank account. And yep. that's it's they they just have to do it. And that that's not necessarily just companies. I mean, that's individuals as well. Isn't yeah, that, that's right. So, yep. so the, I, I use a bank account because it's often an easy one for for someone to use a garnishing notice on. But they can also use it on a debtor. So if someone owes the company money that owes, the, for example, the ATO, yep. they can serve that notice on that debtor, and the debtor is obligated um, to to pay to mm-hmm. pay them. Yep. They can also serve it on an employee. Uh, sorry, an employer to um, deduct a certain amount of income from an employee. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess an example there might be if um, an, an employee um, had perhaps a, a debt with um, Telstra, as an example, or a telecommunications provider or a, you know, Energy Australia, would they possibly issue a garnishy on their employer? Is that something that happens? Uh, possibly. I'd probably yeah. say that it depends on the size of the, the debt as well. A sure. consumer debt, they might not. Okay, right. Might not. One, yeah. one of the issues I see with the garnishy notices is that, for example, they're served on the bank, and yep. um, the bank obli- obli- is obliged to pay, and they pay the money out of the, the account. The company or yep. the directors are not aware that the money's gone. Mm-hmm. For example, the next day's payday is their yep. payroll, and the money's not there. Already been taken. Yeah. Yep, yep. So I guess that just a rings strong, back. Yeah, strong tool, but it has its, um, has its negatives as well. Yep. So I guess there's quickly on that before we take a break is, you know, you, there's warning signs before that happens, and oh, I, if, in the event that you ignore those... Garnishy is an example of where a creditor can start to, um, you know... Be aggressive in their recovery. Yep. Yep. Great. Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners, at 7 to 1. And we're talking about mm, insolvency and, um, yeah, when the money just isn't there to do what you want or need to do. Brett Hall, and, of course, we're doing it with Brad Morelli. Yeah. Um, So, Brad, so what what do you see as the, um, I guess, the, the biggest issue for people already in some financial difficulty. So I think, you know, you were saying before on a personal level, you know, people often are experiencing quite high levels of stress. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, put the, the money aspects aside. Yep. I, I see when people come in, I mean, you, you see the, the stress on people, yep. right? It, it affects their health, their mental, their physical health. Yep. Um, their ability to cope and focus generally. Yep. They make poor decisions. It affects their relationships with their, their family, their friends, their, their business partners. Um, and with the financial pressure, these things just, just multiply. Yep. Um, and what they find, what I sort of see is they tend not to be able to deal with the, the problems at hand because they're not able to focus and they just find themselves putting out little spot fires. Yep. So what what happens? So in the event that, you know, for whatever reason, someone might lose their job or, you know... Um, or they're in a small business and, you know, there's a downturn, you know, in, in the um, industry or you know, another competitor comes in and their, their, their business um, suffers, suffers some difficulty. What happens when someone can't pay all their debts? What happens to them or, so I guess, to them personally? I mean, so so there... on an individual basis, a, yeah, a person I... as opposed to a, a, a yep. company. Yeah, yep. look, the, the, there's mechanisms out there. They're, they're personal insolvency mechanisms. The one everyone knows is, is bankruptcy. There, there yep. are other things out there that people can do, which are yep. Part 10s and Section 73s, and which are effectively doing deals with, with your creditors. Yep. What, what I try to stress to people when they come in from a personal perspective is that bankruptcy is there as a mechanism. It, it's there as a relief for people, not a punishment. That You're always going to get your, um, you know, the, 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 the 
0.1 or 0.01 um, of people who are rogues and, and, and the like. Right? Yep. But the majority of people have either got themselves into to too much um, debt, debt, credit yep. card or banks, or, or it might be someone who's got caught under a personal guarantee, yep. or a business person who's tried and it, it's unsuccessful, yep. and that's, that's a risk of, risk of doing yep. business. And I think sometimes people think that bankruptcy might mean, you know, criminal. Um, it's, it's not, <laughs> it, is it? It, it is. It's quite. It's um. It, it's scary out there. The the lack of knowledge that people have. As I said, it's there as a relief, not a punishment for people. It's a relief for the individual who owes the money. Yep. But it also it's it's relief for the people who owe money because it brings it to an end, mm-hmm. right? So so they know. Um, some of the myths that sort of debunk are you know people think oh, I can't travel. Well, well, yes, you do have to hand in your passport, but. Um, it, it doesn't prevent the, the trustee saying, okay, well, you, you plan on doing this and here's your passport back and mm-hmm. make sure you let me know. Yep. Um, you don't go to jail. I mean, oh, I should say 99.99% of the cases. <laughs> I mean, as I said, there are, are all those rogues. No one turns up at your house and takes your TV and your fridge and your, your bed. Yep. You're allowed to keep a car. There, there are financial limits on, on these things. You're yep. allowed to work. But um, I guess when, when you're talking out there about you know having some of your assets taken... In the event that you just completely flat ignore the people you owe money for too, yep. you know that obviously um, there are avenues that those creditors can take, and sometimes that does involve assets being being seized. Oh, that, that, that's right. I suppose what I'm trying to get at is yep. if, if someone goes bankrupt and they they own a a, a big boat, yep. um, that's an asset that can be dealt with. Yep. But if they've got a, a bed in their house, no one's coming in to take the bed and sell yep. it down the road. Yep. Yeah. And that's a really interesting topic these days. We we do live in interesting times. Yep. And what do you do if the money gets short? short. Yep. So thank you very much, Brad Morelli from yep. Josh Sutherland. And thank you, Brett Hall. That's bringing finance, Thursday Finance to an end today. Thank and you And we look much. forward to discussing lots more to do with finance next Thursday after the midday news on 2NURFM.